All right. Hello and welcome to the special edition of the Truth for Doubt podcast, uh, which is taking place in Vermont. And we have Katie Wilson with us over Skype. Hello. Joined with her hubby, Paul Wilson. Hey. Hey. Hey to you. Uh, and then this <laughs> hey. is also the only podcast where you get to hear Dr. Ethan give his best shot at his world beatboxing championship oh. audition. Mm, are you ready? I, oh yeah, and it are can't be that it can't be just the boots and cats thing. Are that's... you? That's actually pretty good. I gotta wipe my face off now, but other than that, yeah, it, you was, know, it was really good. I shook now, the shower. We should have a beatbox <laughs> battle on here sometime. Uh, but just you two, and I'll be the judge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So funny, funny story. If my friend Clint from high school and college is listening to this, which I don't think he is, but if he is, uh, we got super into beatboxing when we were in college, and we started listening to this guy named Beardy Man. We listened to so many of this guy's videos, and he's so good at beatboxing. And then so he and I started beatboxing, and we realized that like he could only do one sound and I could only do one sound. And if we had like 15 other guys, we could make a beatboxing acapella group. Oh, hey, that would work. Yeah. yeah. We couldn't find that many guys, though. Uh, it was only us two. I got really into Rubik's Cubes in college. Oh, did, did you? <laughs> what does that have That's to do with That's not dirty at all. <laughs> it just is what it is. That has nothing to do with beatboxing. Were you able to beat them quickly? Yeah, yeah. Like timed? Yeah, yeah. Well, so so if you watch enough YouTube videos, you can. It's all patterns, so you can learn how to, like, if you just memorize the patterns, then you can you can memorize that's all any rubies. But the you. patterns are random. Well, they're not. All right. Yeah. All right. When was this college? This is, yeah, this is freshman sophomore year of college. Yeah, and, and so me and me and friends were watching YouTube videos about Rubik's cube. Yeah. Well, in my mind, I thought it would look really impressive yeah. to girls yeah when you're just over there and were you dating Lacey at the time that's right the Ruby's cube no this yeah. was this was before this I was is the you like yes you're out on a date you're like look what I can do and then that she was like okay that's right yeah. Yeah. it didn't it didn't really work out in my favor yeah. <laughs> nothing says husband material like solving Ruby's cubes right that's right so you guys listening may be wondering why we are doing our thing over Skype uh, our podcast over Skype and it's because we're actually in Vermont, and we're not only doing it over Skype, but this is also going to be an unedited version, unedited of the podcast. Oh, I did not know. That. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So Katie has got a little bit of a potty mouth. So. Uh, no, I don't. That's Ethan. Yeah, that's true. You gotta watch your mouth. Just. <laughs> no. Actually, Paul, we have to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. Over here. <laughs> hey. Well, just to clear things up. Michael and Ethan are in Vermont. Yeah. I am not in Vermont. I am in, or Paulina, or in Tennessee. Yeah. Missing out on all the fun. Yeah. 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 That's all you <laughs> yeah. have to say about That's that. It. You were invited, okay? <laughs> and you still are. Next time. We'll come. We're coming up, like, uh, tonight. We'll see y'all uh, in four in hours. hours. <laughs> in 20 hours. You guys actually showed up here. Uh, and like surprised us, I would I would probably start crying. And I don't like cry. Pop, I never like, cry. Come in the door. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Yeah. 
Well, we are in Vermont. Ethan and I are in Vermont and with our wives and with your daughter. Yep. Um, which your daughter is actually why we're in the bathroom doing this right now because you yes. can't be away from your daughter. Uh, so if you want to hear a little bit more of an explanation of that, head on over to patreon.com slash T4D. But uh, we're in Vermont because we are looking into doing church planting up here. And the reason why Vermont specifically is where we are is because it's actually the least churched state in the country. Um, we were talking with a church planter just yesterday of a church plant in Burlington, and he was saying that 99 out of the 100 people that you talk to in Burlington uh, and Vermont, really, uh, are unchurched and unbelievers. And so Kayla and I, my wife, decided that you know we want to be someplace where we the most unbelievers are, and that's that's Vermont in the United States. And so we're here to do church planting, and then Ethan and his wife, they are here to check it out and see if that's something that they want to do too. And I guess I can let you talk a little bit more about what you're doing in Vermont specifically. Yeah, yeah. So so we're looking into doing uh, church planting with Michael and Kayla, and uh, but also sort of bivocational. So. Um, yeah, I'm still going to be doing family doctor stuff, um, and so I'm actually uh, talking to different people about different jobs in the areas, um, and then helping with the church plant um, when I'm not working. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of why we here. Why? Yeah. Why we are why, here? Why um, we her? Why we why her? her. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's hey, interesting. Question. Yeah. Go oh, ahead. sorry. Sorry. Has anyone noticed? I don't. I feel like I have more of an accent than either of you. But anyone said anything about your accent? More so Ethan, I feel like. Yeah, I don't, I don't really I have much of one. Do I have an accent? You've got one more than I do. Uh, okay. Well, Has anyone said anything to you? Actually, no. Yeah, I, I will say, and and only one person has said something about my name being Ethan. Because, like, Ethan Allen is really big, like, because Vermont is where Ethan Allen is from. Because everyone knows who Ethan Allen is. Who's Ethan okay. Allen? Oh my gosh. Come on, <laughs> I didn't know either. Uh, I just know your name is Revolutionary Ethan Allen. Okay. Ethan Allen and the Green Mountain Boys. Uh, that's that's really all I know about What's it. What's that mean? And the Green Mountain Boys. So he like is he led... play music? What? No, he like. Ethan Allen and the Green Mountain Boys. That actually. Oh, that's a good name. That's a good Ethan and the Green Mountain Boys. In the back of my mind. Okay, um, so. Yeah. So it was like a little like military outfit that uh, fought the red coats People and said stuff. said something to you about that? About you? Well, surprisingly, no one had except for one person today. One person was like, oh, oh and you have a Vermont name. And I was like, what does that mean? He was like, Ethan. I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. It's a sign. It's a well, good thing you know who that was. <laughs> That'd be awkward. <laughs> yeah. Well, we actually talked to the guy from Burlington, the church planter in Burlington. And one of the things that I was worried about, and but I think you voiced it before I could, was that um, you asked the question, would having like a Southern accent, did you see it as like a hindrance? You asked that question, didn't you? Or maybe that was Lacey. Yeah, well, he actually said no. Yeah. Well, he said Fine. no, not at all. He said it's actually, if anything, it's been a help because it's been like an easy conversation starter. Because mm, people are like, hey, you're not from here. Yeah. Why, why are your guess. words weird? Yeah. So. I just feel like I wouldn't want to. Um, yeah, I've been kind of wondering that, too. Sometimes I feel like when you have an accent like ours and you go somewhere, they kind of think you are uh, dumb or something. And I'm like, yeah. 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 Well, the guy said, and, and also this guy named Landon, who is the head of the 
uh, Vermont Church Planting Network. He has like a super Southern accent because he's from oh, okay. one of the Carolinas. I can't remember which one. Okay. And like he's planted several churches here and has been super successful. Uh, and so if he can do it, then anybody can do it. And uh, with with his accent. And uh, I mean, it's also like if God wants a work to be done someplace, I mean, there's nothing that's going to stop right. it. I mean, yeah. Not your, accent, not gonna not stop your it. southern accent. Yeah, exactly. So that you say y'all a lot. Yeah. Right. Well, right. something that I thought was pretty cool that Ben, like sort of a way that Ben put it, Ben was the pastor that we talked to yesterday in Burlington. Um, he said, you know, like if you talk to a fisherman and you're like, hey, there's this lake with all of these fish in it and nobody else goes there. Like, why would he not go to that lake to fish? You know, right. uh, yeah. and I was like, oh, well, yeah, okay, that makes sense. It makes total sense, <laughs> yeah, because we're supposed to be fishers of men. There it is. Yeah. It all connects. Yeah, so, yeah, no, it, he was totally right. And I was like, man, that's such a good word picture yeah. for that. And mm -hmm. it's so true, man. There's so many people who are walking around just completely unaware of their spiritual condition or aware of their spiritual condition and just suppressing it like you like we read in Romans 1. Yeah yeah um, and it's it's interesting like we were talking before is a lot of like there are what seem like a lot of churches up here mm -hmm. it's just that like none of them are really bible believing yeah. you know right. I mean maybe yeah. loosely but yeah a lot of them like like I say are like obviously advertise um, that they're affirming to the you know LGBT community. Um, That's almost and, become their Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's I don't know. It's just very interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and even the churches that you do see, you often see like uh, like Unitarian churches, um, just these out there denominations that what are. What does Unitarian out mean? So I actually just found this out today because I wasn't really sure what it was. But so Unitarians, they don't believe in the divinity of Christ and they preach against the idea of the Trinity. So they say that Jesus never claimed to be uh, divine. Uh, and so you have tons of those kind of churches around. So that's what like a lot of a lot of the churches there. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of them also tend to be super liberal in their, in their theology. And like Ethan said, they are more, you know, they're. They're totally fine with being open and affirming to homosexuality. Yeah. And a lot of them are also universalist. Like, so they're like Christianity right. is just one way to God among yeah. a plethora of other ways. Yeah. So, yeah. and let me clarify I'm not, I mean, I know we're all of the, on the same page, but in, in case someone's listening, I'm not saying LGBTQ people aren't welcome in church or shouldn't be welcome in church, but. Right, I but I think it, the church it, should be affirming to those beliefs. Yeah, well, we I have to we have to make a stance on the biblical teaching of of sin right. and the biblical right. teaching of sin in regards to homosexuality, which a For lot sure. of people in this this culture want to ignore. And so, yeah, right. um, yeah but yeah, and that's a challenge up here, and that's something that right. you got to yeah. prepare for. But again, talking to this church planter up in Burlington was really uh encouraging because uh when he first got up here in the first town that he planted a church in like the the town revolted against them and like they yeah, were yeah they had like their name on the front page of the newspaper and all this kind of stuff but because they stayed firm and they stayed strong in their 
belief, he said it ended up being a boon to their church because they got more publicity and they got more people like like looking yeah, into their right. life what they're really doing mm-hmm. and so like god is faithful and yeah. even though it's hard up here like yeah i mean just staying true to the word absolutely it. Yeah. yeah like his kingdom will be extended so yeah but anyway yeah we yeah. can't wait to hear like the next podcast you'll be able to tell us a lot more because you'll have been there for longer so yeah, we're all on sure. up saturday so and this is monday so you're just getting started but, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then the next time we meet, you guys will have decided then, to come up. To you, and the so. next time, right, we'll be, be all in that bathroom with you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know yeah. when we would need to be in there if we're t- all together, but we'll, we will. It's the acoustic. On, on yeah. Skype. Right, right. Well, we can we can open up the square footage of this bad boy by just sliding the shower curtain door. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, yeah. all the space. Yeah, it's really funny watching you guys be really squished up. Yeah, yeah, it's really hot so, in here. So it's, well. it's like a song. <laughs> yeah, it's not fun. But hey, let's talk about other things like our favorite board games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's quite the segue. Uh, <laughs> that was a buffer music. Oh, yeah. Ethan, we need our bumper music. Oh, yeah, that was a bumper that music. That was a bumper music. Oh, man, I'm glad we don't actually have that noise as the bumper music. <laughs> we lose a lot of listeners. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, our, our nerdedom is going to be brought to you by our favorite board games. And so let's, let's go around because I love board games and I'm really bad at board games and really, what? like you never win. I never win. Like, I mean, Paul can attest to this from our board game nights. I'm not. You're the Lord of Waterdeep. Yeah, but you know what? I can't. But Kayla beat you. She beat me. My wife beat me at Lords of Waterdeep like five times in a row. Now now it's Ladies of Waterdeep. Yeah, now it's Ladies of Waterdeep. You're right. Yeah, Lordess. She's the Lordess of Waterdeep. But when she was like telling me her plan of like how she goes about thinking of her turn and all that kind of stuff. Like her strategy. It made sense because my wife, she'll admit, like she's kind of like an over planner and overthinker and listening to how many like moves ahead she was thinking with Mm -hmm. all this stuff was just mind boggling. And I'm like, there's, I had no chance. See, that's why I'm not very good at board games is like, I, I'm not really, uh, strategic. Are you competitive though? Uh, yeah, not really. That not so yeah, much competitive kind of either. Yeah, and so who when we played that uh uh Balderdash Balderdash is that how you say it? Balderdash, yeah. Balderdash. 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 Game. Who yeah, who like almost won? I think Luke did he yeah. Luke yeah, won, but who was behind him? Was it Kayla or oh Paul? Wow. Oh yeah, it was Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Paul. <laughs> I thought it was Lacey or Kayla. I just know I was last. So anyway. <laughs> All right. So, Ethan. Okay. What is your favorite board game? Okay. This is kind. Of, this is this is a really hard one. Um, it is hard. You can say more than one, but please keep it under three. Okay. All right. So the That's first one that comes to mind is Clue. I really like the game Clue. All right, going old school. Yeah, yeah. Because, okay. um, you know, like, it's the mystery, mm-hmm. and you have all the different rooms to go in. The classic whodunit. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, um, but then after that, uh, I uh, 
Growing up, I really liked Monopoly, but no one else ever wanted to play because oh, yeah. it takes like seven hours. Right. It really yeah. does. Yeah. Except for, yeah. That's... I think last year was the first uh, I'm actually finished a game of Monopoly. Uh-huh. Really? Was that oh, playing uh, it? Was that playing it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Me too. <laughs> and, um, and then, of course, uh, Settlers of Catan. Um, like, it's it's... I like that one. Uh, it's one of the top ones for me. I want to say Risk, but again, like, it, oh, Risk is a strategy game, yeah. and I'm awful at strategy. Yeah. So when I used to play in college a lot, I just lo- I was always the first person out. So There's a lot of games that I like the idea of, but yeah. I'm just not good at. Yeah. Well, last time me and Lacey tried to start a game of Risk, we got into a fight. So oh, gosh. Really good things there. Yeah. Just at the starting of the game? Just just by setting, placing setting our pieces. <laughs> setting it up. That was it. Did you, like, place it where she wanted to place it? I can't even remember now. <laughs> it was something really stupid. That's really funny. Oh, man. Okay, Michael, what about you? Uh, me? Okay, so I would have said Lords of Waterdeep a month ago, but not now. Uh-oh, uh-oh. So I'm going to have to say there's this game called Time Stories that's really fun. Ooh. And you, you're kind of playing against the game itself, and you are playing cooperatively with like the pandemic people. have you played pandemic yeah yeah it's okay. kind of like pandemic you're 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 playing as a team but okay. you have like 30 turns to try to figure out this mystery that's going on and then like if you if you don't do it in 30 turns then you can start over again but you get some sort of handicap okay um oh. or or what's the opposite of handicap actually um like a bonus no that's a is a handicap a bonus well, handicap's a bad thing. Oh, but what's it called when you have a handicap in golf? Isn't that isn't that a good thing? I've never act. Well, we're I mean, not playing. So golf. a bad thing. A bad thing happens. Playing to you time you stories. I do know about golf, but yeah. I don't really know what that means. Oh no, <laughs> you're a doctor. You should know. What that means. Um, but uh, so anyway, so if you don't get it in thirty turns, you can start over. But something bad happens, and you get it makes it harder to do. But it's really cool because you're trying to figure out this mystery and you play these like time cops that go back in time and assume these bodies of these people in this like mental institution that's like kind of like something spooky's going on and you have a board but you you unlock more of the board as you like explore and figure out puzzles and stuff and uh you're like insane asylum you have this game no i want it really badly oh okay i was gonna say so you're trying to figure out you're going through through this mental institution or this insane asylum trying to figure out this like creepy mystery that's going on to close this like rift that's open up because of this mystery mm. and you you just play together and try to figure it out before like, so you're trying to unlock it's almost like i feel like a lot of games are really like going after the um like kind of escape room idea yeah, sort of thing. yeah. it's almost kind of like because you're trying to unlock different things that sounds cool yeah Does but it like, like it's so good too because like you in you like interrogate people you investigate oh. and like you like you pick which character you want to be like which like quote-unquote body you're assuming and like each one has different stats and like some are better at like like combat because you'll have combat in the game Uh and then some are better at like talking to people and it sounds uh, very close to uh there's been a murder in savannah it kind of is there's been a murder murder in savannah but uh so anyway it's awesome and you guys we all need to play it at some point it looks cool i'm like looking it up right now Oh, cool. What was it called again? Time Stories. Ah. 
And on Amazon. I'm gonna keep talking about it, and maybe we'll get sponsored. Today is Prime Day. Oh, today is Prime Day. Yeah. It, oh, uh, man. It's not. It's like. What it's like normally fifty dollars and it's only twenty six eighty six. That's insane. Everyone run and get it. Everyone stop listening right now and go and get this. Go book. get it. This is an official review for <laughs> for the tax stories. There's a lot right, of expansions. Up. Okay. Yeah, there are. There's a ton. Okay, so are you? Do you want to share any more? No, or that's, that, that's, that's, that was like the number one. Okay, that was good. That was yeah. That, that was does good. sound really fun. Now we all want to play that. Yes. I feel like. Right now, we were like really into playing games for a little while. Now we've kind of like not played a lot, I guess, because we have a kid now. But um, I really like code names because yeah. it's not difficult, really. Like it doesn't take a lot of expl explaining. Yeah, and there's not a lot of setup or prep. And I love finding out. I love figuring out how to tell somebody one work like you know you're giving clues so they'll guess these different things and if uh -huh. i can like connect three things with one one like the best thing ever and you have to know oh you're all like frozen on the screen. oh yeah you oh, are too you can keep you talking we know, still hear audio um oh no still there are you still yeah, there yeah, yeah 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 okay you have to anyway you have to know your partner too and like it's just fun yeah. and also like seven wonders have you ever played that that's fun uh, it's like more like a card card they, kinda. yeah so kind of a little yeah, we played that at the the, the uh, game night or game yeah. night yeah that's pretty fun yeah so it's fun we actually went into a uh, a bookstore today that had a bunch of those games and they had like a ton of different seven wonders um oh, so cool. yeah i don't i guess it has a lot of uh expansions as well can i sit on oh. this towel yeah sure thanks <laughs> at first like it takes a lot to understand but then once you get it it doesn't take that long and i like that and i like it that just he and i can play it oh you can, cool it, you can, it can be two player oh that's awesome i didn't know that i thought it had to have like four no like there's kind of like a there's like this other deck that I think you kind of draw from, almost like a almost like another person mystery playing, person but, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, oh, okay. but it's not going to win. Yes, I'm going to win. It, yeah. it doesn't have something that you do. What about you? What is your um probably Catan. Yeah. Catan. What like about the, Catan do you like so much? Um, I like the resource management kind of thing. It's kind of a you know strategy with trying to keep up with how how much things you have. Yeah. Our Alexa is talking to us. Oh, no. oh my gosh. <laughs> the government's still listening. Oh, oh my man. gosh. <laughs> well, fun fact about uh, Catan is that um, it was actually created and published by Satan. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah a lot of people don't know that. but <laughs> Why do you not like it? Why do you hate it so much? <laughs> For all the reasons Paul said. You really uh, don't like it? I'm so bad at it. I don't know oh, why. No. Like, I'm you so, just so bad. You don't like it because you're bad at it. Come yeah. on. See, I'm yeah. bad at strategy games, but I still like it. It's yeah. Game. You're a sore loser, Michael. That's what it is. Yeah, I am. I can be. No, I don't like playing games. Like, if, yeah. Who yeah. wants to play a game you don't like? It's just one of those ones where, like, if I lose a game, it really doesn't bother me. But if I, like, constantly lose at one particular game, then it just kind of sucks the fun, fun out of it for me. Yeah. And that's kind of how yeah. I feel about Catan. I've never even come close to winning a game of Catan. Mm -hmm. I've always come in, like, dead last. But, uh, yeah. Well, Balderdash is fun, too. I feel like that's an old game, but that's Balderdash. Oh, Balderdash is a lot of fun. 
Yeah. That's super fun. That's like a good party game, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah. Hmm. Awesome. Board hmm. games are so fun. Uh, everyone go play games and buy that one that we said time stories time stories yeah and then if you have Catan, burn it <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh oh, you'll get one firewood for resource for it <laughs> oh my man well that was that for the board games now i guess we're going into uh into our next segment next and so segment. yeah we need that bumper music bro you know, I'm kind of surprised that you didn't go with uh, the never-ending story. Oh, gosh, that would have been better next time. Would have been really good. Next time. Have you guys watched any of the Stranger Things? Yeah, we just started it. Where oh, are we really? Oh, Where are we, we at? just started it. Yeah. Episode four. Got it. Okay. Third season. Yeah, well, Ethan came and brought Finley over, and we were watching it, and his knock was like a timely knock. I was like, ah! ah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Man. All right. Well, we're going to move from the nerdy to the spiritual. To the uh, apology. To the apology. To the apologetics. To the apologetics. Yeah. Nerdogetics to the apologetics. To the nerdogetics to the apologetics. Uh, so last week we said that we were, or not last week, two weeks ago. It's already been two weeks. Uh, we said that we're going to do apologetics through the ages, 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 ages. ages, ages. Uh, <laughs> Katie, did you try to do it too? <laughs> I just heard. Oh, it's going done. <laughs> oh man! All right. So anyway, apologetics through the ages, and we kind of jumped ahead last week because I just had the idea of it last week. But we started off in the Reformation. Now we're going back in time a little bit to the New Testament um, and how the New Testament handled apologetics, why we, how we got apologetics from the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, I, I guess, since we're starting at the beginning, it's good to just explain what apologetics is. Yeah. Uh, yes, and, that uh, is a good. That's good. You should yeah. do that. So how, like, how are we only doing this 13 podcasts in? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, we try to do that book thing. Sometimes, uh, yeah, I think, I think you should do that. I like it. Yeah. Maybe I don't know exactly what it means. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I kind of want to ask you guys: when you do know. hear the word apologetics, or when you first heard the, pol- the word apologetics, what did you okay. actually think of? Because a lot of people have don't, no idea what apologetics okay. is. Mm-hmm. When I first heard it, I thought, well, so I was pretty familiar with C.S. Lewis already. Okay. And yeah. so you I kind of had to understand. I, I kind of tied it to him. And so in my mind, it was like sort of defending the faith. And then my mind would go to C.S. Lewis. For sure. So, yeah, that's kind of the basics. Okay, I remember, I don't know if I was in high school or what, middle school. I remember like the apologetic study Bible being really big. Did you ever have have one of those? Yeah, I do. I remember a lot of people had those. Anyway, and that was kind of my first, but honestly, the first time I heard it, I thought it was like, uh because it has the word like apology in it and so i was like are we apologizing for what we're saying i don't know like i really was confused i was like why are people everyone have a study bible what does that even mean so i really did not understand what it was for a while yeah there's also a christian parody band called the apologetics oh really yeah sort of like a christian weird al yankovic oh 
That's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. Wait, did you say, say Weird Al Yankovic? Isn't that his name? Isn't it Weird Al Yankovic? I don't know. I don't Is know it Catan or Catan? You know, tomato, no. tomato. Who no knows? cares about that one. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, politics. so, like, when I heard apologetics, like, I thought it was that, too. I thought it was, like, the like the art of apologizing for the Christian faith, for, like, the Crusades okay. or something like that. Because I, I feel first so heard dumb it. now. Because it yeah. has a po- It's like, I'm like... Ugh. Could it not have been, could we, could, blah, 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 sorry, could we have named it something else? It's just kind of confusing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it could have been, but they took the, the word apologetics comes from a Greek word. And oh. so you just had to get, they had to go with apologetics because of that, they which I'll get to in a minute. But, um, but no, for those of you who haven't heard the term apologetics, uh, don't feel alone because that you're, you're one among many and including yeah. myself at one point too. Um, but just the, the easiest way to define apologetics is it's simply the defense of the Christian faith. That's all it is. And you're not apologizing for the Christian faith or anything like that. You're just defending it. Um, and there's, there's several different types of apologetics, too. There's evidential apologetics. There are what's called presuppositional apologetics. There's classical apologetics. There's fideistic apologetics. The list kind of goes on and on. There's a bunch of different types of apologetics. But they're all... Fi- pretty much doing the same thing and that is showing that the christian faith is the true faith they're just different approaches to showing that exactly yeah Yeah. and what's kind of odd too is that a lot of well it's not that odd because people are kind of funny but a lot of the people who are in each particular camp of apologetics often think that their apologetic is the best apologetic and no one should do any other apologetic except that one oh yeah and it's what were the other ones you said so you have evidential apologetics, classical apologetics, presuppositional apologetics, uh, fideistic apologetics. So what is this? What is this truth for that apologetics? So we kind of fall into this other category, which people like C.S. Oh. Lewis and a bunch of other, like Ravi Zacharias, he would kind of fall into this category too, which is called eclectic apologetics, mm-hmm. which kind of sees the positives and negatives of each and kind of uses apologetics almost situationally. Um, So like each, the idea with eclectic apologetics is that each person you're talking to has a unique question that they have about the Christian faith or a unique outlook on the Christian worldview. And depending on what that question is or depending on what that outlook is, will kind of mold your response to them right. based so like, on that. So whatever like opinion they have of it, or maybe if they have a problem with a certain thing, yeah. it's because of like whatever is at the root of that. Right. That's what you kind of address. Yeah. So, okay, take for instance, um, I guess uh, like an atheist who doesn't believe in the existence of God, period. Often, some people would start off with classical apologetics, which tries to begin at the the very beginning, just establishing that God exists, Mm -hmm. Um, versus somebody who believes that the Bible, or maybe not that, maybe someone who believes that, you know, Jesus didn't say that he was divine or, or... or even Jesus uh, didn't actually rise from the grave. Okay. Let's take that one. Jesus didn't rise from the grave. People would use evidential apologetics to show evidence that he rose. From oh, the grave. okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we kind of, or I, I kind of use 
a bunch of different approaches right, depending right, on the right. situation depending yeah. who i'm talking to that makes sense. Um, and depending on where the spirit leads right. um, i'm not saying that the people who believe in their particular camp aren't spirit led but i just prefer the eclectic approach so um but uh and apologetics can also be used in in two different ways it can be used defensively it can be used offensively defensively is when you're just trying to give a reason for the Christian faith or when somebody is basically, you know, making a claim against Christianity. Mm -hmm. And then when you use it offensively, you're making a claim against a, another religion. So you're saying, if we were to say atheism is false because of A, B, and C, mm -hmm. that's offensive apologetics. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right, cool. Right. Awesome. Gotcha. But there are also some people who don't like apologetics at all. And they think that it kind of takes away from faith. And I've actually met people who've told me that before. They said that <laughs> they think apologetics is dumb. You shouldn't worry about it. Um, you should just believe in, in Christ and, and that's it. You shouldn't have to do anything else. Just simply believe. And like you shouldn't have any other knowledge or try to gain anymore. Yeah. Yeah. They I think just it's believe it. Purpose. Kind of like blind faith kind of Exactly. Thing. Yep, mm -hmm. that's exactly it. Yeah, so a lot of people believe in this, that concept of blind faith, which is also called fideism uh, or fideism. Uh, yeah. I'm going to use that now, fideism. Fideism, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so how does that, You because you mentioned fideistic apologetics. Yeah. So yeah, so fideistic apologetics are basically, uh, so that's the one branch of apologetics that I don't know as much about because I think it's I don't think it's as common as a lot of other apologetics but a lot of it has to do with kind of using not anti-apologetics but they don't use a lot of the classical methods of starting with trying to convince somebody that G or that uh, God exists and then moving to uh, evidential apologetics to show that the Bible is true and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff they kind of just try to convince people simply by just telling them what's in the Bible, basically. So okay. it's almost just like kind of just pure evangelism almost, gotcha. I think. Now, don't okay. hold me to that. So yeah. I'll check up on that, and we can talk about it a little bit more sure. next podcast. But um, so anyway, but one of the things that I have against blind faith, I'm sweating, by the way. This room is getting hotter and hotter. Yep. But one of the things that I have against uh, against just this blind faith approach, saying that you don't need apologetics, that apologetics is worthless, and that you should just jump into the darkness and hope somebody's on the other side to to catch you is that i think honestly i think the bible kind of points directly against that i think that even jesus himself points directly against that so for instance if you take if you take john 20 um it's when jesus goes into the upper room after his resurrection and he reveals himself to all the disciples thomas he's there and he is kind of thinking along the lines of what I would be thinking, thinking that that's not really Jesus, something mm -hmm. weird's going on, but that's not him. Right. And instead of Jesus being angry at Thomas right. and just saying, you just need to believe in me, uh, he instead kind of comforts him and says, no, it's really me. And he shows him the marks in his hands and says, hey, put your hands here. Let me show you that it's actually me. He gives mm -hmm. Thomas a reason to believe. Yeah. And, and that's what apologetics is. It's saying that your faith isn't based in nothing or you don't have to 
just simply jump into the darkness. There's reasons for you to believe that the Christian faith is true, and, and we can rely on those reasons, and they can strengthen our faith. And mm-hmm. what's, what's more is that they can create bridges to unbelievers as well. We can point to it and say, hey, look at this. This is why we believe what we believe. It's not just some blind faith. And that's a big thing. That's a big deal for a lot of people. I feel like if you if you are if you do go the blind faith route, and like you say, you don't have like a reason to believe, then it would be very easily easy to believe in something else. Like yeah. I feel like you you would be very easily swayed, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, if you believe in that blindly, then why not just believe in something else blindly? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I feel like that would be an argument against that. For sure. Yeah. And I think that there are people who um, there, I mean, there are obviously there are people who are strong Christians and strong believers who fall into this fideistic camp. Yeah. And don't their faith doesn't waver. The spirit you know, keeps them strong in their faith and they have that gift. But I think there's also other people, like you mentioned, who their faith really isn't. Do you need the butt towel? Do you do the do you need to sit on something? No, I'm just readjusting. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Pause for a moment. <laughs> oh, um, situated over there. Uh, this hard stone floor is not the most comfy. But anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, but there's other people who will not have that grounding in their faith. And just like you said, they'll once once like tragedy strikes or once they hear about, you know, an atheistic argument against Christianity, then they'll just be shaken like crazy because right. they're, or if they're, they're questioned. They won't know what the yeah. answer is and right. why they believe or believe what they believe. It's always right. important to know why you believe what you believe. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, you have to you ask believe. yourself those questions. You yeah, believe? yeah. So I mean, you need to know that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think too. Um, yeah, I, I think a big part. Also, is when we think of evangelism, I think we often kind of have this false picture in our head about when we when we share the gospel with somebody, we think that they're just not going to say anything back and we're just going to go yeah. on with our merry day and right. then that's the end of the conversation yeah. and we're going to be the only ones talking. And that's a problem because we're talking with real life people who yeah. have thoughts and opinions themselves. And when we tell them the gospel... They may have a lot of questions, like you said, that they want to know. And and it's fair. Like, it's fair for them to ask those questions. And right. we need to be prepared for those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going to say this for later, but the, the word apologetics actually comes from the word apologia, which comes from 1 Peter 3.15, which says, uh, Set apart Christ as holy in your heart and be ready to give a reason for the hope that's within you, mm-hmm. but do so with gentleness right. and respect. And the word reason, or sometimes it's it's uh, it's translated as defense, uh, is from the Greek word apologia, mm-hmm. which kind of has this courtroom understanding of of giving kind of like your case for the hope within you. Yeah. Uh, and so we're called to be ready to answer those questions and to to give the reasons why we do believe in Jesus. Yeah. And not just say we just believe because we believe, and that's it. Right. Right. And I feel like that's something that we really should should be doing more um discipling in you know as far as like when someone first becomes a believer um like i know for me growing up that like you know in the south it's just sort of what you do and like 
a lot of these things are just kind of understood, I guess. And, mm -hmm. you know, you don't really know any of these. I don't know. You just don't learn any of this stuff, you know, um, unless you purposefully seek it out. Yeah. Um, which is kind of an issue, you know. Um, I feel like the church should, like, we should be doing a better job mm -hmm. at at teaching believers, okay, like, one, this is why you believe, or this is why we should be believing these things. Um, and and if we can understand these things fully, then, then when we share the gospel, it's much easier because, yeah, when people ask questions, we have an understanding of that. You right, know? yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and you're, and you're not stuck. You gain confidence. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so moving on, we can we, we also kind of see the Bible itself in the New Testament also use kind of a type of apologetics as well in the form of miracles. And while it's not kind of the same apologetics as we usually think of, it's kind of like this spoken argument for the existence of God or for the, the truth of Jesus as the only way to God and the only way uh, of salvation. Um, the Bible or Jesus himself didn't expect people to simply just believe his right. word. Um, yeah. So one of the things that, that Jesus used, that God used to show that Jesus is who he said he was, uh, was miracles. Um, so Miracles in the New Testament, uh, specifically with Jesus, were kind of had like a twofold purpose. I'm, I'm kind of, you can't see it in the video, or sorry, in the recording, audio. in the audio recording. But I'm like throwing up a two, like a, like a gang sign. Uh, but anyway, but miracles were necessary for Jesus for two reasons, and the first was to fulfill the prophecies of the Old Testament, and that was a huge deal because he was coming first to the Jews to talk with the Jews before he went to the Gentiles. Uh, and the Old Testament had very specific uh, prophecies that Jesus had to fulfill. And one of those was, you know, things like healing the sick. And if he didn't perform those miracles, then he couldn't be considered a, the Messiah. Right. Uh, and so miracles were unbelievably an unbelievable apologetic instrument that Jesus used to prove that he was who he said he was. Uh, and then the next, the second fold reason was just to display his power as well to show that he has control over all the elements he has control over the demons and over satan and so miracles were unbelievably important in the new testament and those miracles also the importance of miracles also continued in the book of acts as well because you see the early church mm -hmm. performing miracles think of like pentecost uh in acts 2 where the uh, Holy Spirit came down and it was like a flame on top of all these people's heads and they started speaking in all these different languages. And the reason why they spoke in these different languages at Pentecost was because there was a ton of people coming from all over. Oh gosh, you guys are making me start to yawn. Uh, I know. Everybody's yawning. <laughs> it's only like 10 o'clock. But anyway, um, and uh, but they were speaking in tongues in all these different tongues so that all these different people from all these different nations could hear the gospel being proclaimed. Uh, and then you also see in the book of Acts, uh, demons being cast out, people being healed, even somebody coming, uh, being resurrected. And so the importance of miracles as an apologetic instrument was unbelievably important for the early church to be established. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense yeah. at all? Yeah, I just feel like um, <clears throat> God, yeah, like he proves himself so that we um, 
yeah, he doesn't really expect us just to believe just because like he gives us a reason to like he mm -hmm. made promises in the Old Testament, which he fulfilled in the New Testament so that they would know um, who's the real Jesus. And um, so I feel like that gives like a good reason to why we would use apologetics because mm -hmm. God gives us that. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Um, another one that the Bible uses is uh, eyewitness accounts. Eyewitness accounts are also very important to mm -hmm. uh, to the early church and to the New Testament. Um, so if you take Luke, for instance, Luke was a doctor. And so he was he was very um, meticulous in, in writing his gospel. And one of the things that he did was compiled a bunch of different manuscripts uh, and a bunch of different eyewitness accounts and pick through them very carefully because he wanted to have what he wrote to be a an accurate and good account so that they so that people reading it may believe in Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's super important because if it was just simply blind faith, then it wouldn't matter to have any sort of eyewitness accounts. Right. And it was and well, while we do believe in the um, inspiration of the scripture by the Holy Spirit, we do believe that the Holy Spirit was guiding him in this process too. Um, of picking through all these different eyewitnesses, eyewitness accounts, it's still very important. And it's a, an important apologetic thought to, to see that even Luke, while he was putting up his gospel, cared a lot about the evidences that were available. Right. Exactly. Yeah, to get things yeah. right. Absolutely. Yeah, well, because, and I don't know a lot about this, but I've, I've heard that, especially in the early church, sort of, sort of post-Jesus' death and resurrection mm -hmm. um, and ascent, there were a lot of sort of false writings yeah. um, as well, you right. know? Yeah, and so yeah. trying to sift through a lot of that, yeah. of like what's true and Definitely. what's not and that kind of stuff. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's there's important a lot for of us to know what is true. Yeah. Definitely. Not just believe anything, everything. Right. Because if right. you don't know, if you don't care enough to know what's true, um, then yeah, you'll just believe anything, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And even Paul, like even Paul said that eyewitness uh, reports, like, yeah, even Paul. Well, you're like pointing to this, were, Paul. <laughs> even he said that they even were he said. important. No, Paul, um, Paul in, uh, uh, what was it? First Corinthians 15, I think. Let me find it. They're in my notes. Yeah, first Corinthians 15. Um, he was talking about the importance of eyewitness accounts, too. He's like, you know, if you don't believe me, check out these people who are still alive, who right. who saw Christ as well and heard his teaching. And so it it wasn't just this, you know, the buck stops stops with me. And that's what that's also an important thing. The the buck doesn't stop with me uh, when we're talking with unbelievers because if we are right. having a conversation with somebody, we can know that there is a plethora of information, a plethora of evidence for the inspiration of Scripture, for the divinity of Christ, for all of these different things, for the existence of God um, out there. And the buck doesn't stop with us. If they want to research it for themselves, it's out there and they can find it. And there's a ton of people who you know would love to talk with unbelievers about all this stuff, us included. If you're an unbeliever listening to this podcast, feel free to message us and we'll uh, love to talk with you guys. But it's just it's such a, an encouragement that if somebody comes with you, comes at you with a question and you're you just don't know it, it's OK to say you don't know it. 
and also rest in the fact that there is an answer and that right. you can tell them that you'll get back with them with the answer. Yeah. And don't be afraid to do that. Yeah. On and and that in in and of itself is growing your own faith, you yeah. know, because it's oh, yeah. an answer to or it's a question that you don't know the answer to. Mm -hmm. Um and so, you know, when you find the answer, that yeah, that bolsters your own faith right. and it helps you to share it with them. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um so yeah, I guess the the next kind of blaring example of apologetics in in the new testament is found in Acts 17 and are you guys familiar at all with with paul when he takes his journey to athens um i mean i've read it but yeah um, i'm not sure what exactly you're referring, referring to. to yeah i don't know what it is you're referring to so uh, <laughs> Sorry. I was looking at you weird too. I feel like I feel like you were trying to get me to read your mind, but I Yeah, read my mind. <laughs> say what I want you to say. Um no, but in uh so in Acts 17, Paul takes a trip to Athens. And while he's in Athens, he first goes into the synagogue. And I think this is in Acts 17. And he's found in the synagogue to be reasoning with the Jewish people there. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting that they use the word reasoning or he reasoned with uh, with the people there over something like preaching or mm -hmm. evangelizing or something like that. So the word reason there kind of infers this like more intellectual conversation right. and the use of what we would kind of think of as an apologetic conversation yeah. with these people. And that's huge. That's a big thing. That's Paul engaging these Jewish people in apologetics and often apologetics for them would be pointing to prophecy. Like uh, Paul would be pointing to all the prophecies that, that Jesus fulfilled right. saying that um, like Matthew, what is it? Matthew five seventeen, where Jesus said that he didn't come to destroy the prophets and the, the, the law, but to fulfill them. Right. And that is used by the, uh, the new Testament disciples to, to say, look at this. He, he fulfilled these things all these things came to pass and he resurrected right look at this and uh and that's important um but not only that but verse 18 said that he also debated which is also not a word we typically think of being a biblical yeah. word right uh with the stoics and epicureans which were people who were of the stoic philosophy and the epicurean philosophy and he reasoned with them and he talked with them and he and he debated with them and Talking with these Greek philosophers, that's a big deal. I mean, that's a hard thing to do because these right. guys are pretty smart. That's what these guys do is yeah. they argue like and debate. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is like my wife's worst nightmare is like having that kind of conversation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So anytime I you try too, to like. actually probably. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> oh, you're too agreeable. Yeah, right? right. That's what we talked about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, so like that's a, another showing of apologetics in the New Testament. Um, and then shortly after that, so when he's talking with these people, with these Epicureans and Stoics, they, they kind of start making fun of him. And it's just like, what's this crazy babbler doing, like spouting all of these crazy yeah. out there things? Uh, and he's taken to the Areopagus, which is kind of like this. A lot of people think it's like this open coliseum, but it's not. It's more like a courtroom setting mm -hmm. type of deal. Uh, and he opens up into this apologetic dialogue where he actually quotes in, let me see, in verse, let's see, in verse 28, uh, he quotes when he says, in him we live, breathe, and have our being. 
Uh, and that's a quote from a Greek philosopher named Epimenides. And so he actually uses pagan philosophers to point to the fact that they understand who God is because you're saying in him we have our uh, we live, breathe and have our being. Mm. And then the next part of the verse says, for indeed, we are his offspring, which is actually a hymn to Zeus. And so he's appealing to these Greek philosophers by using their own poets and their own um, their own philosophers kind of against them to show that, like, you guys have this understanding, kind of right. like this Romans one understanding right. of who God is. Right. And you repress them. But I have the real God. I have this God. And they all, he also uses the. Uh, so in Athens, they have all of these statues to all these different types of gods, mm-hmm. and they always leave one open or this one statue the to unknown. the unknown God. Exactly. And he says, I know the unknown God, the unmoved mover. Yeah. And he uses the the pagan world as a bridge, as an apologetic bridge to Christ. Yeah. And that's a huge thing. And that's something right. that we can do as well. We can use pop culture. We can use... People who are philosophers like Nietzsche or um, or you know, Jordan Peterson that we right. love to talk about uh, <laughs> as these bridges to the gospel yeah. and showing that like you see these nuggets of truth, of, of biblical truth in all of these pagan things because these people have been made in the image of God, yeah. but they're suppressing right. that truth. Let's show them where that connection is. Right, lies right so yeah it's just a misapplication of it right yeah yeah sorry i get really pumped when i talk about that no, it's good, good, dude. good yeah. job oh, get psyched <laughs> oh man but uh yeah and so it's it's such an important thing um to realize that apologetics when you hear it and when you hear it talked about it's not this thing that just sprung up in the 19th 20th century or 21st century is something that's been around since the very beginning mm-hmm. and it's something that jesus himself used uh it's something that you know the early church used it's something that paul used and as we'll see through future episodes it's something that our the church fathers use and all throughout church history you see these amazing defenders of the faith doing just that defending the faith yeah. from attacks from within and from attacks from without mm-hmm. as well so well gosh that's really good stuff yeah i know this is making me i'm like looking at acts right now makes me want to read it read this part again anyway. yeah yeah the whole book of acts is great because it's, it's basically all good yeah it's how they defended the faith in the early church is how they you know try to stop some some early heresies and unnecessary restrictions and all these different kinds of things yeah and uh yeah the book of acts is super important and it's also just a it's a continuation of um of uh luke as well mm. so it's like luke part two yeah, yeah. luke dose luke dose luke part two, luke part two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh i don't know what do you what do you do you guys have anything else to to add to that no, it's really just encouraging to hear, you know, um, for me, because, yeah, I'm very agreeable and I'm not used to disagreeing and mm. it's just very difficult for me. Um, it's not an easy thing. Right, right. But uh, just remembering that, you know, um, really, I mean, the gospel is offensive and people will be offended, you know, um, mm-hmm. by the truth. Um, but 
we're, we're still supposed to bring it with love and with grace, you mm-hmm. know, um, and we bring that truth and we stick to it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I don't know, it's just really encouraging. I'm, I'm excited to talk a little more about apologetics and uh, getting into, yeah, the different types of apologetics that have been used yeah. throughout, you know, um, history and how that kind of ties in and, and in which situations different types are better used and right. that kind of stuff. And, yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, very excited. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's like, like you said, encouraging, but also challenging because we had talked earlier, you know, so, I mean, we're supposed to um, share the gospel. Well, then you have to know it and you have to know what the truth is. And if you don't have the answers, then how can you share? Right. Um, yeah. You know, like truthfully and biblically. So you need to know. So it just challenges me to know more and learn more. Um, I do so yeah. yeah totally definitely couldn't agree more man well um so just I guess some house cleaning things be excited about uh some be excited be excited uh I just told you I was excited Michael oh yeah Come sorry on. sorry well I was, I was doing more like a general people okay. who are it's listening not for, excited, it's not, not for you it's for the listeners yeah Exactly. Our wonderful audience. Um, But no, so on the 12th, we have an interview. um, I'll be recording an interview on the 12th with um, an amazing apologist named Jay Warner Wallace. Jay Warner Wallace is the author of Cold Case Christianity. Oh. And uh, so he used to be a, I'm pretty sure he used to be a cold case detective. Yeah. And, um, he, uh, he was an atheist for a long time and through evidential apologetics really uh, came to uh, faith in Christ. Yeah. And he's been on things like, he's been on a ton of stuff, but he's even been on like Dateline and things like oh, okay. that. So, oh, cool. um, ask, ask him about some of the apologetics that were like big for him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. If you and uh, yeah, you guys on the who who are listening on the Patreon or or even people who are not part of the Patreon but are curious about that particular interview, feel free to write in at truthfordoubt at gmail.com with anything that you're you have any questions about that you may want Jay Warner Wallace to to answer. So um, yeah, so be looking forward to that, and we have a few other interviews. Uh, in the work works as well, possibly with uh, um, a man named, uh, oh gosh, I just lost his name, Stephen Nichols, who is the president of Reformation Bible College and is one of the teaching fellows for Ligonier Ministries, so uh, the late R.C. Sproul's ministry, and uh, and also a few others kind of in the works as well. So anyway, got a lot of things to look forward to, and yeah. I'm pretty excited about it. So if you yeah. enjoy this podcast and you want to know how you can become a supporter of it and also get some extra goodies, uh, go to patreon.com slash T4D. That is patreon.com slash T, the number <laughs> 4D. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, if you want to learn more about us uh, and you want to kind of, I guess, talk to us more directly, then again, email us at truthfordoubt at gmail.com. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Good night. Yeah, good Good night. night. Paul, they can't see you wave, man. (laughs) Good night. There you go.